Welcome to the FSF Popcat. You're going to be listening to a year-end review and see some small clips of each episode from this year and stay for the laughs. So I got to work with two of the most iconic cars in movie history, Herbie the Love Bug and the DeLorean. Absolutely. Nice. It's cool, Night, right? N- I just got to work with Kit somehow. Night Rider. I know, I was just thinking that when I said that. I know that car. I know the owner of that car. Does that Does that help? I, I sat and watched, you know, Battlestar Galactica the, the night it premiered, uh, even though it was interrupted because it was something to do with, uh, I think it was, well, whoever the president was at that time, there was some kind of funny thing going on, and, and I had to sit there and fume through the, through the <laughs> delay until, you know, like it came back, you know, they broke away from the news alert and, and went back to the, the pilot. And Tim had this theory that it's it's the Shakespearean actor, it's the Shakespeare in you that has made it so that you become this this villain because you're used to the the long drawn out Shakespearean soliloquies that we know and love, and villains are notorious for that. Yeah, and you know you just think someday some villain is going to figure out if you just cut that thing in half, you would. <laughs> Kill the hero before everybody <laughs> Stop talking and get to the murder. Yes, You'll be fine. You know. <laughs> I have, I have to you know, Armin and I, um, uh, yeah, I think, you, I think you're absolutely right about the Shakespearean thing. I think, um, I think there is maybe, maybe it's our distrust of, of hyper-educated seeming people <laughs> that, you know, we figure if you can handle classical verse, you must be evil. Get on the set of Walking Dead, and immediately the hair person starts buzzing my hair off. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. stop, 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 stop! I'm like, what? What are you doing? We well, were a soldier. I'm like, yeah, I know. Didn't they? T- they told you that I we need to keep my hair as much this length as we can. Well, we need to have it really short. I'm like, listen, you're not going to believe me. I'm Frank's buddy. This is actually not just quick extra part. I know you're treating me like I'm an extra. I'm not. I'm. I'm your boss's friend. And I have to go do my own show in a little bit. So I need a little bit of hair because I'll shoot that in about two and a half weeks. And, and they didn't believe me. They were like, no, you're not. I'm like, shut the f- I'm, a, I'm in my own show. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I was uh, feeling all, you know, how dare they? Don't they know who I am? You know, a vampire. Vampires don't have buzz cuts. Oh my God. You know, and I remember for, for a while, I, I went to a party at his house and he had this gigantic beanbag. And, um, I said, uh, I want that if you ever get rid of it. So he remembered that and he texted me when I'm getting rid of it. I was like, bring it over. So um, I was, I mean, it's huge. I had this gigantic beanbag and it used to be sitting in the living room. Uh, and then we did a little remodeling and we got rid of the beanbag. But uh, for a while we had Fillion's beanbag in the, uh, which I guess just sounds like the name of a book, you know? <laughs> I read it when I'm wearing dresses by Fred Diaphanis. I read (laughs) (laughs) it was, it was pretty cool. Like he's just a very funny, really, really good human being. So again, you've chosen wisely. What is the silliest thing someone's or the the silliest thing that people say to you that you've gotten used to hearing because of being a tall man? Well, I mean, it's it, how how tall are you? I mean, that's the one thing. But the what? But but the thing that happens quite often, quite often, is when I'm at in the grocery store. So I walk down, I walk down the, I'll walk down the <laughs> aisle, and even recently, 
I'll walk down to Alvin Groves' store, just my own business, and then someone will look at me. And 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 honestly, and maybe this maybe this is my conceitedness. I'm thinking that they recognize me for whatever something. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, hey, this is the first time it's ever happened. That's cool. And so I'll they'll look at me and I'll kind of look at them and they'll look at me and I'll look at them. And then I'm thinking that they're gonna say, Aren't you Carrie Jones? But they go, Can you? Get that from the top shelf and pull that down. My Every time. Sure. <laughs> happens all the time. All the yep. time. So that, so I guess, I guess that is a question, right? So I guess that qualifies. That is the, the most uh, question I'm asked very often. Uh, can you get that off the top shelf all the time? Now I understand that you broke your foot sometime uh, before the start of season five, and I was wondering really how that impacted the filming of season five because there was a lot of pretty intense action scenes, especially early on in the season. So how did that impact filming and, and impact things for you? Um, so, I mean, what what's so funny is the broken foot was the least of my problems. In season. <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely didn't help, but it was not like, it wasn't the main thing that made season five difficult. But I understand that you may have had a little bit of an issue with Dave Filoni over your choice of teams when you first met him. So how did that go? <laughs> this is something that I overlooked, which is kind of funny, but <laughs> I I didn't look into the, uh, let's say, sports allegiances of the producers, including Dave, and I didn't realize how big of a Penguins fan he is. Mm -hmm. And anyone knows uh, they share in the state another hockey team. And, and the hat that I was wearing was actually a Philadelphia Flyers hat, which is hilarious because it's not like I even have a real affinity for the Flyers. Uh, <laughs> my aunt and uncle uh, live out in Philly and they had like gotten me this hat. So I was just wearing it uh, on the off chance. And it was funny because Dave, we brought that up later, but I made it up to him because once we started filming the first season, I got myself a Pittsburgh Penguins t-shirt and I would wear it with my <laughs> Philadelphia Flyers hat to recording <laughs> sessions, which really, uh, he didn't, he didn't enjoy too much, but he appreciated that I had something on that with the pens. When I first came to the States, I was, uh, I would say about, uh, I think I was about seven years old, maybe. And uh, TV was it. And basically that's how I learned to speak English, is watching oh, wow. my favorite, my favorite, uh, of all time so far, Star Trek original nice. series. When you think about it, it's kind of interesting to think of Star Trek as like a 1960s and 70s Rosetta Stone. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you, you learned English from William Shatner. See, and I can't speak like him. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but so can everybody else. <laughs> but you learned how to be expressive with your English that way. <laughs> That's a, that's, that's a nice way of saying it. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like super soaking myself with moisturizer in a bottle. It's supposed to look like ranch. And God knows what was in that smoothie. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> no clue. All I knew is it got really weird and crusty after it dried and it was like, oh, but it does not sound appealing it, at all. It was it was not. But luckily it wasn't like actual smoothie. Like if you look at it, is it a chocolate smoothie or is it a strawberry smoothie? 
no one knows all it is is really gross um, but the ranch was in fact moisturizer, um, which I was like, oh, nice, nice little moisturization in the middle of my work day. Um, but we did that shot in one take, one take. Uh, when you see my, like, my back's turned and my hand comes up like this and goes around, that was all one take. And I was shaking like a freaking leaf. Like it was, cause I was like, I don't want to go and get reset. I don't want to have to go wash my hair and wash my face and get new clothes and stuff we're gonna do this once right and it was really it was exhilarating like there were a few moments in season two that were also the kind of same kind of thing where I was like I love my job (laughs) (laughs) for for Claudine on Monster High um I don't you know her voice is kind of she talks like that and um the first time I took my son to New York, we were on the subway and um, he's like, he's really little and he's tugging at me. He's like, mama, mama. He's like, Claudine is sitting right over there. And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? I was like, I don't see a poster, you know? And he said, no, she's sitting right there. Listen. And this girl's like, oh, let's not. I had so much fun. Let me tell you, my mother. She and I was like, no, I'm going out. I want your food, but I am going out. And I and I would just burst out laughing. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, now is what I'm gonna tell you that like I stole her voice. I stole <laughs> her voice and all of the other people that have that accent. Like I grew up with these people. I'm like, you're right. That is a Claudine Wolf right there, that voice. Um, yeah. So that's where I think it all comes from for me, the voices and stuff like that. And um, I also, when I was in the fitting for, when I was in the fitting for my role uh, in WandaVision, they originally had put like a, a helmet piece on my head, the wardrobing department, and then they took it off because they said that I looked a lot like Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> like old school, like old school Wonder Woman though, like, the original oh, like the, the, the banding across that, the like, forehead. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had like I had like a cap like this on, and it was like red and blue, le- red and blue, and there was like a gold star, like America, basically, like Captain America. But like, oh yeah, yeah, that would definitely tie like, into to Wonder Woman. So yeah, we were out on the sand, and uh, and it was right after the Kasu's first meeting with the soldiers, you know, and, and everyone said, and uh, the horses started to just go insane and rearing up and, and all the soldiers, you know, now they were, they were dressed comfortably, had boots and everything, you know, and they were like, <laughs> they were gone. <laughs> I myself standing alone <laughs> masters because I couldn't move. I mean, I had headgear with with a trail that was about 15 feet long. <laughs> oh, great. I'm going to die on day one of this set. Trampled to death by Clydesdales. Well, the heat doesn't kill you. The horses will. The horses will. How much sand? How much sand did you get in your outfit during filming? <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't just the outfit that got the sand. There's <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. actually a very funny, I'd just come off the set, dusty, hot, and I was talking about 
man, there's just a lot of sand. And I took my shoe off and just, just it's. <laughs> 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 oh, goodness. Nice. Where you drew your inspiration for the expression of Pong Krell, the, the, the character of Pong Krell? I, I, I ain't gonna lie, James Earl Jones. I, I just felt like this could have been his cousin. Uh, or, or could have been the cousin of, of uh, uh, Darth Vader. I, I felt he had that kind of presence, uh, but, you know, was moving around a lot more. He, he, he didn't have quite the stature of mm -hmm. uh, Darth Vader, but he was from the same school. That actually makes a whole lot of sense. You just, just saw Kong Krell in a whole other light, didn't oh, you? Oh, <laughs> completely, completely. That's, that's a, again, light bulb. No, but just thinking about how he positioned himself and how he talked to to people and, and even the voice you were using and doing and, it. And even when you see him, he's, I'm Pong Krell. Send the clones here and I need that immediately. Holy crap. And I dumped it on the counter to the pharmacist and I was like, I have this job and I, and I can't be sleepy and I can't be congested and I can't, what do I do? What do I do? But I have to sleep the night before because I have to be alert. And he was like, okay, slow your roll, crazy pants. Um, <laughs> tonight. Take this one tomorrow. And I was like, thank you. So I go to the session and, uh, and it all was, I like, I get everything cleared out the way I needed to. And I don't take stuff very often, but I was like, I'm taking it today. And, um, uh, then, but we were doing a, a scene where we fall in the water and we're coughing and sputtering water. And Marsha comes on the director. She goes, that was too phlegmy. Let's go again. And I'm like, they're going to fire me because I have phlegm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> every time I went into that pharmacy for years, I would go and that pharmacist was there. I would go, Hey, you, thank you so much. I have this really great career now. And it was, you so helped me. And I don't know if I'd have it if you hadn't helped me. He's like, okay, crazy. Okay. Do you get music from all over the world? Mm -hmm. Uh, so obviously Elvis Costello and the British new wave were big when I was a kid, but I was a big Springsteen fan. Still am. Nice. Um, so that's what uh, I was listening to back in the day. All right. And I, now I also have to know, too, since your dad wasn't all that pleased with you, A, getting into music, and B, uh, getting into acting following that, mm -hmm. what was your dad's hopes? What were, Where did he hope that his son was going to end up? Oh, a PhD in something. PhD you know? in something? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Hero in something. Is he, is he okay with that you play a lot of doctors now? Is that well now now that i've you know now that i'm uh somewhat of a success you know they're very proud now they brag you know whenever i'm on tv sure. he's shooting off emails to all of his all of his <laughs> colleagues and friends hey my son's you know doing this my son's doing that it wound up being this really wild thing that was basically an audiovisual puppet so on the screen it looked like a cartoon character this is probably it developed probably in the 60s and 70s um and this was 19 and uh <laughs> i i started doing this puppet but on the screen it looked like a cartoon character so i was telling my friends i was voicing cartoon characters you know and they they love that but really i'm doing puppets and then started doing the you know the hand puppets <laughs> see i'm still good at it yeah. um see watch watch <laughs> lovely. it's a fine actor <laughs> um in the watching of that every time they're going to beam down someplace it's just like i know we have made red shirt jokes forever and <laughs> and and i know that they exist for an absolute reason i 
there wasn't a single person at Desilu who was like, we seem to be kind of troping this. There's some <laughs> way that we could maybe do this just slightly differently. Like, you know, maybe instead of having like, you know, Ensign 51 die, we could have like somebody gets wounded and then we like kind of let them know, right? Um, uh, and, and it's just like, there's just something incredibly fun and super, super, super satisfying re-watching it now, knowing everything I know. Um, and yes, <laughs> God, it is such a good series. Right. It's just so good. Even when it's not great, it's good. You know, and people are like, he's the bad guy. And I was like, is he the bad guy, though, really? He just wants the best for the universe. If that right. means half the half the individuals have to go, that's more individual. That's more for everybody else. Is what he's saying. You know, different things like if I so I can rationalize a character through Thanos's mind and get into that character, and it's so much fun because he gets to say the he gets to say the fun stuff the good guys can't say. Right. He gets I to mean, say what everybody else is actually thinking. I mean, like I remember one. There's a couple of favorite lines of mine, but like one of my lines, one of my lines, he's attacking. He's attacking New York City. Mm -hmm. And, it, and it, the line is something along the lines of like, you earthlings are very annoying. Or the sounds of your screams and confusion do amuse me. You may continue those. You know, that just, that makes me laugh even as I was saying it. It was right. so good because he's like, I'm blowing you up, sure, but your screams, they make me happy. Keep screaming, I like it. I put clothes on. It's not gonna be on video, but I'm like, okay, I have to at least get dressed. If I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to meet the sixth doctor. Um, so, so this is what happens. So I want to, I want to walk you guys through this. So, mm -hmm. um, so just to have a record of how nuts today was. Jack had told me that they were going to record Tuesday in the UK for my episode. I had asked Rob before about whether or not they allowed people to sit in. And he said he'd ask, but he hadn't heard anything in the past. He suggested that they didn't usually even include him. So it didn't sound like it was going to go down. I was pretty resigned to it. And that was cool and it was okay. And so I was just excited about the day. And so have been annoying Amanda and the kids about it all week long and just being excited. So I literally, we were in the van and I was like, they were gonna record my Doctor Who today. They're gonna record my Doctor Who today. <laughs> uh, so I throw on some clothes, I set up my computer, I click the link and right away I can hear Colin Baker and the other actors reading and performing my scene. It was totally nuts but I'm talking to the doctor and Mel for real. And they've just spent the day recording my script and they're very complimentary and enthusiastic. And I can't really say much more than how excited I am and how it's a dream come true. And then Jack chimes in and mentions how I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. And they ask, so is this your first Doctor Who script? And I said, yes, it's my first. And Jack says, I'm a huge fan and they ask, you know, how I got involved with Doctor Who. And I, I said that I pretty much stalked Jack on Twitter and everybody laughed. And somebody said, maybe that was a little too much information. <laughs> I, uh, I, I was doing like ballet bars and stuff and exercises behind the cameras and then in the back and on the stage, like, and uh, it was Michelle, Michelle Heard was like, I'm like holding my leg up, you know. <laughs> It's, right. This is my foot, right? And she's just like, you're a dancer. And I was like, yeah. And at first I thought, was she mad at me? <laughs> but I guess, her, <laughs> I guess her sister was a dancer too. And then eventually uh, that led into, I was I started talking to Patrick Stewart about ballet too. So 
that that's a fun behind the scenes me anywhere really on set I'm usually doing ballet because I'd have to stay in shape so there's all these photos that people have taken of me just doing like <laughs> like things and <laughs> yeah we okay. hung out with David Hayter who who got was one of the many many people that wrote in the first couple movies, he mm -hmm. got the correct screenwriting credit for the first two X-Men movies. And he said, oh yeah, don't, don't even think about comic books. He said, the director never picked up a comic book. We just watched your show over and over and over. Awesome. So they, that's, that was their starting point for the movies. And mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, that was, that was you know, cool to hear from him. It was uh, the missing Tegu that Oh, piqued the, my interest the most. Yeah, since that bio, that version of the bio was written, the Tegu was found. <laughs> it, not in one place. The Tegu had gotten out, and it was still a juvenile, and uh, in the neighborhood in which we lived, <laughs> this Tegu, which, for those of you who don't know what a Tegu is, it is a large, and they grow to be very large lizards, okay? So they're like, they're almost like monitor lizards, but they're super jowly up front. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it had gotten out and we could not catch it again because the lizard bites. Like, I don't know how my wife got talked into buying this thing for my son, but this Tegu bit <laughs> frequently. So like feeding him was a chore and managing him was a chore and he got out. And not only did he get out, but in the neighborhood in which we lived, there were like two like drainage pipes uh, they didn't go to the sewer. They were just for like run. He would live between these two stupid pipes and I'd go to go to one pipe to catch him with a net or with a with, you know, I, we didn't have any bike gloves at the time. If I had some bike gloves that I'd have caught that stinker right there. And then our neighbors are like, did you lose a lizard or something? Because there's a very large lizard who is eating our like our fruit back uh, off the trees in our backyard. I mean, it's fine. The, the, the trees overproduce anyway. But um, <laughs> like, I we don't know where this came from. Do you know where the, the tegu nope. came from? They didn't call it a tegu, but like, she's, do you know where that lizard came from is that yours and i'm like it's my lizard i don't want it but I, <laughs> I have to own it anyway long story endless the tape this is kind of funny so i i have to give you know trigger warning here the Tegu, I'm about to talk about uh, what became of the Tegu. If you have sensitive listeners, this would be a good time to fast forward. Maybe I'll try to keep it brief. Maybe fast forward like, I don't know, a good 20 seconds or something. The funny thing was is that the, the neighbor had pulled in with their car um, when we weren't home. And that's when the car met the Tegu. And so... <laughs> And so I promise uh, if you if you just fast forwarded to this moment, I'm almost done. Uh, fast forward <laughs> maybe another 10 seconds. So <laughs> I, when we got home from like a weekend trip or something, the neighbor comes up and says, we've been keeping the, 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 the remains of this tegu for you. We're so sorry we hit it. We're so sorry. She brings out a Ziploc bag and there's a frozen... <laughs> There is a frozen lizard in the bag. No. I'm not kidding you. I'm you can't oh, no. write this. <laughs> you know, being fans of Saga, you would know that the planets are like PX3941 and you know P P37428 whatever. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I it, when I looked through the script, I missed this page. I somehow missed the page where I had like this chunk of dialogue that where I would just talk and just uh, like do a walk and talk and tell him what these things were. And it was only just before 
uh, the scene started, where I got my sides, that I was like, wait a minute, what, what is this? And they said, well, that's your dialogue. I was like, oh my God. So I had to learn it, right? So then I thought, well, okay, this is just such like techno jargon. I'm not gonna learn the planets. I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna, what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna fake the plant, the plan, I'm just gonna make the planets up. You know, I'll do all the rest of my dialogue, but I'll, but I'll make the rest of it up. And of course, Richard Dean's that's talking to me. He's, he's not even paying attention. He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, whatever. Right. And we do the walk and talk to find out where we end up, where we land and see how long that takes. And we're blocking it and shooting it, blocking it and rehearsing it. And we do it a bunch of times. And each time I just come up with these planet names that, you know, don't exist. And uh, just before we shoot, the script supervisor comes up to me and he goes, Gary, uh, are you aware that you that each time we've rehearsed, you've set a different, uh, you you put in different numbers for the for the planets? And I go, uh, oh yeah, no, I I know. I I go, yeah, yeah. And like you know, she goes, she goes, well, yeah, but you have to you have to say that you have to say the correct names. And I and I go, I do. Why? Why? And she goes, because we go there. <laughs> World, the official cookbook on your website definitely grabbed my attention. Tell me about your cookbook. What sets it apart from others that I probably already have on my shelf? Well, I'll tell you, it, I didn't expect that project to come my way. Uh, I, was, I was surprised when an editor at that publisher, Inside Editions, approached me about my interest in contributing to this book. Um, I did not write the recipes. I did not write anything about the preparation of the recipe. I just wrote everything else. So all about the dinosaurs and all about the history of the cloning and Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. And it's all written in universe. So the idea is that if you were visiting Jurassic World, the actual resort where they have the dinosaur shows like they show in the first Jurassic mm -hmm. World movie, this is something that you might buy in one of their gift shops. So it's all written from that perspective before the eating and the carnage and the killing starts, obviously. There is just a constant supply of new or remade Star Wars, Star yeah. Trek, sci-fi content. Mm -hmm. So what is your go-to these days for your sci-fi fix? That's a really interesting uh, question. Um, first of all, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's so different from when I was growing up when you had basically three networks and that was it. You know, if, if they canceled Star Trek or I, I was actually outside with a picket sign outside NBC picketing for a third season of Star Trek. So we would get that third season, you know, with my little sign and, you know, so forth. And back in the day in, in 1968, I guess, or 67. But um, and and now, of course, you know, you not only do you have, you know, all these networks, you've got, you know, 500 plus scripted comedy and drama series, not including YouTube, not including all these outliers, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, so, so the main, the main challenge is, is finding the good stuff, quote unquote, and, and, and not having enough time to watch everything, you know, obviously. And so, I mean, I'm watching Strange New Worlds. Uh, I was watching Raised by Wolves, but that got too peculiar. And uh, I liked Station Eleven, you know, but again, you're never going to be able to watch all of it. And so you have to sort of right. pick and choose. Right. But with, with Apocalypse and Charles Xavier, you said it's fun talking to yourself. Do they have you run those lines back yeah. to back or? Yeah, some they do. And, and, and if uh, I will do it for pace, generally the first time through. Um, mm -hmm. and, and if it's working, we'll do it again. And if it's not, um, I'll just take, I'll just do the Xavier lines and then I'll go back up and pick up the apocalypse lines. But that I like is... to do the scene first with myself just to, for pacing because each, each character and each, each, I hate to call them human beings. They're, they're souls and they have heartbeats. And they, they have right. their own way of speaking, right? On their own, uh, musicality. And so, mm -hmm. uh, apocalypse has his own, um, 
there's apocalypse here. In, you know, and then uh, Xavier, uh, Charles Xavier, uh, Logan, yes, where is, where are, uh, we have so many great outtakes, um, but he has his own thing. So it's right. fun to play off. Uh, also, it's kind of <laughs> neat to be up there and everybody else is sitting down, twiddling their thumbs, waiting for you to shut up and finish your scene. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's all me, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but how cool you get paid to talk to yourself. Yeah. I mean, but what were some of your favorite behind the scene moments in the Ewok movie? Well, I mean, besides the fact that everybody uh, got uh, poison ivy, which wasn't very comfortable. So that oh, no. was like, yeah, almost everybody was getting, you know, get, got it good. I didn't get it, uh, but almost literally everybody got it. That the uh, forest moon of Endor has a lot of poison ivy. So we had to be careful <laughs> doing that. Yeah. So there was another question from the Star Trek group that um, I yes. would like to know the answer to as well. So Ken Buckler asks, would you be open to a Hammer origin story? Yes, sir. Thank you, Ken. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any theories on on what that might look like, or some of the pieces we might find out? Oh, it's a it's a twelve movie deal, and um, no. <laughs> what does it look like? I, yeah, I'm curious about that. I mean, there's there's so little, you know, of the detail of of what his life was before um, the series that it just feels like a wide open book. I could. Mm. Yeah, I could write it. I mean, the, the the question of how old he is, even does he have a family? What what does what does the Enar family look like? Um, we know that there's only a thousand of them left, uh, and that they're reclusive and that they're pacifists. But beyond that, like the the society and the culture is just kind of wrapped up in mystery. But his personal story of how he how he comes to join Starfleet and the conflict with well, he's go going essentially into a military style organization, and as a pacifist. That must have that must have caused some rifts. That must have certainly caused some some big questions. Coming mm -hmm. to the realization or or this understanding as he does, I think he talks about it in episode four about um, not fighting, but will fight for the ideals. And that's a really to me that's a really clear line in the sand mm -hmm. for someone to to come to. And was there ever a point where he crossed that? Yeah, mm -hmm. that'd be great. Mm -hmm. The prequel of the prequel. That's is it. My, is my prequel. <laughs> the intensity of of the acting moment is not chosen by us it's already done by someone else and so um like if it's already done if that if that you know we we're basically going in and translating it um the best we can to english but some decisions have already been made before we get started as far as how we would uh if them if I guess what I'm trying to say, if the if the mouth flap, if the mouth flap has been animated a certain way, the, the, the most difficult thing is to adapt it to that and make sure that we are honoring the language correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, because if you get it, you're getting two different languages that sometimes the mouth flap doesn't line up to. It doesn't line up to words wise in a sentence, if that makes any sense. It, it does. That, that's a bit of a challenge. And so we're in the moment sometimes having to edit and rewrite to make it work correctly. Okay. So, yeah, that's a challenge, and it, but it's it's totally worth it. But, uh, yeah. Um, I, just, I, love it. I love it. I just enjoy that you say mouth flap a couple of times. That just amuses mouth flap. me. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting phrase, but it also makes a lot of sense. I understood what you were saying, but at the same time, you know, I'm like, I'm like right? mouth flap, mouth flap, mouth flap, mouth flap. <laughs> And then finally, we were like, you know what? Like, let's just do this whole stinking thing with no combat. Like, is that possible? Because we've never played that game. 
Like maybe we right. need to be the ones to make it. If nothing else, it's a very, very cool thing to say it's to the world. So incredible. Yeah. I can feel our Discord flooding with comments now. <laughs> or unsubscribes. <laughs> or, un or unsubscribes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of nice having an action figure for a character that is masked, because then you don't ever have to get into the weird thing of like, does my face really look like that? <laughs> right. It's weird. Well, yeah, especially with Funko, the way they kind of distort the face, the big eyes, and yeah. Yeah. I'm That'd trying cool to remember. Though. Wasn't Amara in more episodes than Charlie? I don't know, but Rowena's been in. I mean, of anybody, Rowena should have them. Rowena, Mary. Yeah. Come on. I mean, and I, I just want to say though that if I had a Funko Pop of myself, it would. I first off, I would take it out of the box, just so that's clear. <laughs> um, but I'd also be any of your others. The, the rest are kept in their natural captivity. Uh, but I would sit there and just be like, bink, bink, <laughs> bink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I cannot even imagine having an action figure of myself. That would be, that, that is so cool. Like, really cool. It's like, <laughs> so weird. <laughs> but like you said, is, he, is it a dream come true? I didn't know this was possible. Like, yeah. how, do you, how do you dream for something this bizarre? Yeah, it's not, it's, it's just weird. It's so, it's crazy. What is Mr. Satan's favorite food? A, sushi, B, mac and cheese, or C, steak? Man, I have no idea. Uh, I mean, just knowing Mr. Satan out of those, I would have to say steak. That is correct. <laughs> right? There you I go. Mean, I don't think those others would be his favorite. I mean, he's a, He's a meat and potatoes kind of guy. <laughs> I can really see him as a the sushi lover. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, no. I mean, the mac and cheese would just be funny, right? But... Or just Mr. Satan saying mac and cheese. He'd be like, "Hey, give me that mac and cheese." <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you give me a little second helping to that mac and cheese. Nice. <laughs> now I kind of so, want him to have mac and cheese, right? Mac and cheese. It's what <laughs> it's what builds muscle. <laughs> I was, if, if he's going to do an ad campaign, I don't know. Craft, you tell me. Uh, yeah, Craft, if you're listening. Right. Uh, <laughs> mac and cheese. Craft right. mac and cheese. There you Pour go. milk in it, and it makes your bones strong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what world would you go to, Kathleen? We didn't ask you. Oh, man. I... I would love to be included in the Marvel universe, but I am also super clumsy. Um, and that's like, perfect. I feel like I would be a terrible superhero. That's perfect. <laughs> but I also am a huge fan of Doctor Who. And I think that time travel would be way fun. Also traveling around in a box with a British madman doesn't sound like a bad idea. No, no, it doesn't at all. I can see I was that. Picturing, I was picturing you for Doctor Who, so. You were? For her? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for her, absolutely. Honestly, for you, uh, I could see you in Marvel as a uh, uh, multiverse variant of Black Widow. Jim, you... she just almost knocked her out of her chair. You want to be best friends? <laughs> <laughs> He's your new hype man. Yeah, that's like that's cool. I will take that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good one. Honestly, if you ever cosplayed it, you you'd rock mm -hmm. you'd rock it solidly. So. Oh, shit. All right, doing that. Thank you. 
I'm gonna write that. Down. She's like that one. I am writing down. <laughs> She's like I'm drawing a heart and I'm drawing Black Widow inside of it. Arrow through it with Mom on the arrow. There we go. Um, I don't think many people think about the fact that you can't sit down. Yeah, never. You can't sit down. In order, you know, like like uh, C-3PO here, his, his, and any droid here, the shorts go into the legs. So you're fused basically from the waist down to your knees that you can't bend anywhere oh. here. So, you know, I'm not, I'm, I don't want you to take this like I'm complaining. No, okay, I'm, not, no. I'm in Star Wars. I can't complain. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm just describing for you. Other. I'm just describing for you the context of of the costume. Royal flush. That is correct. Yeah. Four for four. To go. So yes, we will send you a copy of this fantastic. Our custodians of the cosmos. I love it. I love you already, it. You already told me that you love cheese, and there is a lot of cheese in cheese. This love it, like space cheese. Um, they're called Lactarians. It's a cheese-based religion. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll be sure to look up that chapter and think of you. There you go. Because like, you have taco on your cheese yeah. on your taco. Yes. So so there's a correlation there. I, I would love that anytime somebody has cheese that they think of me. Uh, okay. Because I know that at least for those who are not lactose intolerant, that will be a happy thought. Exactly. There could we be much re happy. worse reasons for somebody to think of you. So, <laughs> you know, there's a couple of movies that I I've tried to play with for my kids, and I'm like, uh, I don't remember it this way. Like, I remember even um, was it Big Trouble in Little China with with Kurt oh, yeah, Russell? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I put that on. I was like, you guys are gonna love this. It's fun. I love this. It's all this different and. Within five minutes of it, there was so many curse words. I was like, "Turn it off." I was like, "Hold on, time out." <laughs> right. I don't. I don't know how I missed that, but yeah, I don't remember that. But yeah, but I, I. That's that was my origin of just my whole intro into that. I mean, talking about Muppet Treasure Island with as much as I love it, I told mm. my brother who I was talking to today. He's like, "Ask him what it's like to be on one of the second or to be on the second worst Muppets movie," and I'm like, "Whoa, up yours, mate." Whoa, up I'm yours. Like, no, check that. I don't know that who you door. are, but you can <laughs> go away, shove it where the sun don't shine, buddy. Um, and this is I... the part of the episode I'm going to be like, "Fred, listen to this." Sorry, you're going to have to bleep all of that out, aren't you? Um, <laughs> I don't oh, know who no, that person stays. is. That who was stays. it again? Who was it? Who was it? Was it? Who said it? Well, he. What's his name? Fred. Fred. <laughs> Stupid Fred. name. Stupid name for a start. Um, <laughs> no. It, it, it's one of those things where at the time, I think, <laughs> right, the problem you've got, are you okay? You're not dying. I'm good. Yeah, we're good. You're right, Nick. Since I was a child, I loved the ability to command attention in a room full of students. So, and he's good it. at it. I can see that. Also because, because he's lean, he wasn't going to take up a lot of the weather map. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Do you, we're ever tempted to wear a matching green suit, just have a floating head? Yeah, well, I did that for like five years in a row on uh, St. Patrick's Day, and then the joke got old. And I make sound do whatever I wanted to do and just like get, get into the weeds of like the weird stuff and like I don't know I I love it so much and I kind of realized that it's like something I always want to be a part of my life 
So I just any any free time I have, you'll see me with like headphones on at one in the morning watching like YouTube tutorials of like how to use a specific plugin or, you know, how to EQ something in a weird, you know, in a way to sound like a 70s drum sound or something like that. So that's that's where my brain is almost like all of the time. Michael's um, getting a t-shirt for Christmas that says, make sound, do the thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. For real. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah, you know, somebody... it's going to do what it do. But... Yeah, and it, and it do what it be. So, exactly. you know, at the end of the day, we can only be how we do, you know, really. As, sweet, I, think it, I think it was... I think it was Kant that said, no, you know, when no. you be how you do. No, he did not. <laughs> no. It was Kierkegaard, nice. really, who was the... <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I, at the end of the day, I'm just a music nerd, like, through and through. I love it. And I remember the show that we played the night after our trailer got stolen, too, was at the <laughs> Musical Instrument Museum in uh, Phoenix, ironically. Arizona. Yeah, ironically. <laughs> um, but, you know, they had a bunch of equipment for us. I was like, you know, my drum set got stolen. They were like, we have a drum kit here you can use. And we were kind of like, you know what? No, we're going to use what was left in the back of the van. Uh and all I had was a snare drum, so I think I put that around my neck. I might have had a kick drum or something. We used like too. a strap case to like hook it around your neck. Yeah. Yeah, and we just like made the show happen in like kind of an odd. Like, we have one microphone left too. Yeah. I remember we have yeah. one microphone that was sitting in the back of the car at the time, and we added the instruments because we brought them in that night because it was going to get below fifty. Now we bring them in every night, no matter what. Um, I sleep with my symbols now. Yeah. It's like you know protocol. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, but, Michael's right. But like that show was just like you know we pulled it off and we made it happen and we were all just kind of like we can still do this you know like at the end of the day the three of us are here no. Nobody's hurt, you know, everybody's okay, and like we can still make music uh, with what we have. And I think that being able to play that show too, like right after that happened, really just like, you know, yeah. cemented us in being able to be like, no, we can get through this and like keep yeah. doing this. You know, they're trying to make a better life for themselves. You're, you're not, they're not thinking about how are we going to get into that film or, or, or TV show to, right. to make a living, right? So, that wasn't common and and but i just said i'm gonna do it and luckily my mom always believed she 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 always told me she said i had a dream that i saw you on a like a, a what is it a, a late night talk show talking to somebody and i believe that you can do it actually oh, that's awesome about it <laughs> so but and so i have i have yet to be on a late night tv show but i'm i'm working i'm doing it i'm i'm performing i'm getting to act and i'm super lucky so well i promise you when i watch this i'll watch it late, late night so. <laughs> perfect <laughs> well, Check. Yeah. Check. episodes are released at midnight so oh, exactly yeah perfect. So, at, at 12 on a fr exactly 1201 <laughs> on a friday you are in a late night uh you're on a late night tv show sir yeah. there you go <laughs> oh goodness anyway i ended up getting the lead I ended oh, up wow. getting the lead role of Starbuck, and that changed everything. That's when I realized this is what I should be doing. That was my story. That's very cool. And I'm sticking to it. No, I like that story. That's cool. I mean, yeah, I, when people refer to the uh, the chase scene in Bull, they say, you know, mm -hmm. that, that was a cool chase scene. I'm like, no, that's not a chase scene. That is the chase scene of chase scenes. That is right. amazing. Not to mention True. the Mustang. I mean, come on. Giggity, giggity. Whew. 
I'm not jealous at all. Um, so, <laughs> I yeah, mean, that's... I I got I had to have one, so I got a '68 oh, fastback Mustang. Yeah, that's a beautiful machine. That's just it whew. is. Yeah, there's an episode. Uh, it's one of my favorite TV shows is um, uh, Blue Bloods, um, and yeah. in one of in one of the episodes they do a, a, a right. you know a McQueen you know bullet yep. episode bullet, and bullet and they episode. they have that car I, I, you know I'm just whew. yeah that's nice yeah that there's, a nice there's dreams yeah that show very much knew how to pull at the heartstrings like at the, at the very first episode I'm thinking oh cool we're gonna see. It's it's the Jedi Temple. We're gonna see young Obi Wan. Oh no, that is that is not young Obi Wan. Oh no, <laughs> that is that is not where we wanted this episode to go. Really, Sam's sole purpose in life, uh, it it has become clear, really, is to terrify me. That's it, <laughs> pure and simple. Under the guise of making a television program, I did notice that in season one of Men in Kilts. Yes. Oh, and season two, it, it, the gloves are off. He doesn't even pretend anymore. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 just a it's an, it's an ordeal, really. Um, it's I wouldn't go as far as to say it's like naked and afraid, but mm. it's 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 not far off in terms of its sort of bowel loosening terror that he unleashes. Kilted and terrified. Kilted. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Kilted and terrified. Very it has good. A ring to it. it does. Your it's... bio on IMDb mentions your strange list of day jobs. <laughs> Yes. Including trailer park attendant, um, historical marcher, trolley bus tour guide. Mm -hmm. The one that piqued my interest was porpoise show announcer. Yes. <laughs> With the what, why, yes. and how. And, and it's a typo. I was actually the porpoise that would announce the show. That's even better. <laughs> Thank you. No, no, no. That was uh, uh, when I was living in St. Augustine. It's a tourist town and a tourist area. Mm -hmm. So I worked a lot of different tourist jobs and Marineland of Florida is located near St. Augustine. Uh, and in fact, Marineland of Florida was originally built as a Marine studio where they would shoot like uh, Tarzan films. And in fact, the, uh, the revenge of the creature was shot there. So it started out as a studio. And then in 1938 or 39, it was turned into a tourist attraction. So yeah, I, I did almost everything there. I, I worked behind the scenes with the animals um, I was a show announcer for that. Uh, it was actually one of the best times of my life. I really enjoyed working with the animals and, um, and explaining them to the... All right, excellent. Well, Bo, considering the fact that you have been an MMA, MMA fighter, I'm going to get that right one of these times. Um, many times when like, you know, professional wrestlers or MMA fighters come out, there's a song that there's their, that's their entrance song. So this is a two-part question. A, yeah. I have to know, what did you use for your entrance song? And if you'd like to change that moving forward for what your entrance song should be anytime you enter a random room in life. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I never thought I would be asked that question. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. So complete <laughs> honesty. I am not making this up. The last song I walked out to before I fought somebody in a cage was under the sea, the Little Mermaid theme song. <laughs> true, true story. <laughs> I okay, but that had, I'm guessing that had to throw the other guy off his game. 
because yeah, yeah. I would have been like, what in the actual hell is going on? <laughs> well, and um, but yeah, Rent was actually they they my high school put the the band on stage like they do for the Broadway show. Oh, sweet. So that was the first time I sang like four feet away from a rock band. And I was like, I'm doing that. Yeah. Like that was like a turn. And I was like, that's different than musical theater. That's cool. Like I want to do that. So, um, and of course I got to bump my ass off on the sh in the show, which is like why I love to sing. So <laughs> <laughs> like Maureen's part is so much fun. Yeah. She is such a fun She's character. She's the best. And I did not want to be Mimi because they had her actually doing the all the flips and twists on the poles and shit on the top i'm like i will die like when i was maureen and i had to do the take me or leave me stuff from table to table mm -hmm. the director am i literally this is not even funny we had to put two folding chairs in between the tables so i could get from table to table and i still was like i'm gonna fall like i couldn't handle it I was, i'm very afraid of heights like i'm very uncoordinated so um like i fall, i fall on stage every like not like post malone recently fall but like oh, i will almost for him he's amazing i feel so bad for him hope he's feeling okay anyway um i like slip or fall or kick something over or break a shoot something one thing that no one else notices always happens on stage like that um so i'm just a spaz but anyway yeah i love i love musicals i love rock musicals Rent's probably my favorite. Part of what happened is, you know, I've got two surfer girls. And so what happens when you put surfer girls in clothes up to here and down to ankles and, and long <laughs> sleeves? And so like culturally, we don't do that anymore. We're not in corsets. We're not. And so that says something about like, where are we as women and freedom and that sort of thing. And so of course, Jade thinks she's darling. And Sam is like, get me the heck out of this thing. I want to go surf. <laughs> so um, maybe, maybe you've always had, when you were a little, little kid, you had an imaginary friend. No one knows about that, but you. So maybe you start doodling that and then it sells as a book and you're like, weirdly, other people know about my imaginary friend now. Like this is sort of strange, kind of creeped out, <laughs> kind of happy too. But like, there's a, there's definitely like someone has invaded my brain space. That's the feeling you get when something that's been very personal to you for a while kind of gets put out there. I grew up with a basset hound named Montgomery. We called him oh Monty, and he was fantastic, and he was really fast. And we lived in a neighborhood where there were lots of woods and stuff, and he would because um, basset hounds are, are um, hunting dogs, so he had a soft mouth. So he would grab rabbits and he would bring them completely alive and unharmed to the back porch and he'd say, Monty, let go of the bunny. Monty, Monty, let go of the bunny. And he'd go. <laughs> I totally got distracted about what you were saying and I got stuck on Scum and Villainy Cantina. <laughs> and I realized... Is that a real place? That's a real place. It is. And they have fully loaded Vader tops. Oh. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Or the Where Marvel mac and cheese. And I'm just like. When are we going? Where is this? Where is this little slice of heaven at? It's LA. in Hollywood. Um, it's right uh, there. It's on Dibs. Kalinga and Hollywood Boulevard. So. Man, if we're ever gonna get Tim to sing to Tater Tots again, they're gonna be the fully loaded Vader Tots. That's your your chances have thusly improved. <laughs> They've got like the Ring of Power drink, uh, the Fantastic Four fizz. Oh my god! I mean, it, it's yeah, the nerd 
geeked it's, having um, it is restaurants. far too far away man <laughs> is it worth cool. flying across the country for tater tots yes yes, yes it is always because <laughs> it's the journey it's the experience so <laughs> Tim's like, how can I afford plane tickets? (laughs) (laughs) Which kidney do I not like? Which child do I not like? I mean, kidney. Not kid, kidney, right? (laughs) Debatable, depends on the day. (laughs) (laughs) I I have two kidneys. I only have one kid, so... I will sell them. I will sell them my right kidney. It's the one that makes kidney stones. It's got to be worth more, right? (laughs) I mean, I'm willing to go. You and your toy. Yeah. I got to turn that off. I'll be playing with that all afternoon if I don't. Okay, back to the interview. I'm a, I'm a responsible adult. <laughs> You're not. Ish. He has these, like, two action figures that look exactly the same. They both have the little rat tail, and they're wearing the same outfit. I'm like, well, then they just clearly reissued the same toy and maybe put a little different paint on it because that is Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't stop as they get older. So she, you know. <laughs> no, no. And it's like the three it's and worse. a half to four. <clears throat> like everybody warns you the terrible twos are the worst and terrible twos are this and the terrible. No, four. Really? Four-year-olds are the worst. <laughs> they are so mean. They are so mean. That yeah, just hilarious. wait till they're 15. Oh, then we'll oh yeah. See, but at least at 15 when they say, hey, I can do this myself, they actually can. Yeah. Like I... I Sure, you can do that yourself, except for the fact that you are three feet tall, and that is six feet off the ground. Right. Um, Anytime I want to do anything, I just have to know that, like, like, say, right now, we're having a Zoom interview. I know my downstairs is being destroyed right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come downstairs. There's going to be Legos everywhere. Uh, he's going to have taken his little plastic golf club and beaten the crap out of everything. There's going to be pillow. Oh, Sounds about right. Yep. Fired. <laughs> yep. Hey guys, Tim here from the FSF Podcast, coming to you live from the spacious and glorious COVID blanket fort. It's glorious, I know. You're jealous. It's okay. But I uh, just wanted to say quickly thank you for the year 2022 and uh, all our new followers, the people who have joined our live shows and commented and been participating. It's been amazing. Uh, to have you involved in our our little nerd family, and we're so glad to have you. And to everyone who's been a guest on our pre-recorded episodes or participated in our in our five at fives, uh, we can't even begin to think, tell you how much we appreciate your time and sharing your stories and coming on the FSF podcast and sharing a few laughs with us. So, on behalf of Nick, Kathleen, John, and I, I just want to say thank you, thank you very much. We look forward to an awesome 2023. We're limping into it with COVID, but we're going to have fun doing it. Until then, see you guys. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of the FSF podcast, we want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please contact us by means of Twitter or Instagram using the handle at FSF Popcast, or go to www.fsfpopcast.com and click on the contact link. Thanks again and hope you enjoyed the episode.